Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Bird on Bears fans, we are live and back at it again. Got to react to another press conference by Coach Flus and Justin Fields. And also, we have to get into... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What just happened right there? What just happened? I just got music playing out of nowhere. What's going on here? What's going on here, man? What's happening? It's tweaking. Don't worry about it, man. Hey, we got to get into what this Bears team is going to look like in week one. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us. As always, man, let's go. Now, if you are new to the channel, please like the video. Please subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago Bears daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Bears out Bears talk. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Appreciate you guys for showing so much love. As always, let me get them bird dons in the chat. How are you guys feeling today? I know you're sitting there looking at me like, Pat, uh, it's a little late for you to be live, ain't it, my guy? Well, here is the thing. Had to move the schedule around a little bit to accommodate life. That's the whole point of coming to working from home all the time. But the schedule will not move again from here on out. We will be live at this time every day, every week. So make sure that you tune in with us. Here's the update to what the show will be. We will be live Sunday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, breaking down whatever's happening throughout the week. We will still drop content on Thursday and Friday, but it will just be more pre-recorded stuff, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So we'll still be dropping content. So make sure that you are tuned in with us on that con- content, but it will be a little more pre-recorded on those days unless something crazy breaks. Doesn't change the live call schedule. And here's the thing. If we're going to be live calling games, if a Bears game should happen to be on that night, we'll be live calling a Bears game. If a Bulls game should happen to happen on that night, we'll be live calling a Bulls game. But at 7 o'clock, Sunday Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I will be live on the channel. We'll have a ton more content dropping from there. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love as always, man. Uh, what? How you guys feeling today, man? What's going on with you guys? All right, we got Bears football happening this week. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It is ridiculous to think that the, the all of a sudden, right, like there's not only just something to talk about, but also that. I have excitement with this Bears team, which is something that I haven't had around this Bears team in a long time. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the thing that that really gets me ready for it, right? Because even if the Bears don't end up going, you know, my prediction of nine and eight, if the Bears go six and 11, if the Bears go five and 12, and I see development out of Justin Fields, I feel good. I feel good. Because I want to see what this team is going to turn into. And at least as I feel under Coach Flus right now, I feel like this team is going to become a team that at least will have discipline, will have respect, will understand the moment, and will look to make the right play. It just might not be the right players in the building right now. And so that's the question, right? What will this Bears team look like in week one? That's going to be the question for the video. And I mean, listen, let's let's. 
you guys love hearing me. I love hearing me talk. It's why I do this, right? Shout out to you guys in the chat, by the way, though. Hold on. Let's, uh, we got B. Bill in the chat. Bill, what's going on with you, my guy? What we got? We got Bear Down from H-Town in the chat. What's going down? What's going on, H-Town? How you feeling, man? Uh, what do we got? Well, who else we got in here? Baki in the chat. Baki, what's good with you, my boy? I love the Bear Downs in the chat. Uh, we got Lamar in the chat. What's going on, Lamar? Chicago Rilla in the chat. CNI Plus in the chat with the Bear Down. Shout out to you, man. Baki's in here beefing with Jets fans. We don't know what's going on with that, Baki. Get that together, brother. No, don't bring your beefs to here. No, I'm just playing. Um, let's go out and hear what Coach Flus had to say, right? Because Coach Flus was basically talking about, uh, one, he named the captains for the season opener. He named, uh, talked about kind of what he's expecting out of the season opener and where he feels like this Bears team will be after week one. So let's go out to Coach Flus and hear what he had to say on week one upcoming. Justin Fields, I was named captain. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We got to switch the audio input on that, apparently. Um, properties, there we go. And speakers, okay. Now I know why it switched. Uh, let's do that again. Uh, number one, there Justin we go. Fields, I was named captain. Number 58, Roquan Smith. Uh, number 65, Cody Whitehair. And number 94, Robert Quinn. Uh, we, as I said the other day, we'll have an honorary captain uh, every single week, and for this week is uh, David Montgomery uh, as our honorary captain. Um, so we got started this morning working on first and second down uh, installs uh, and special teams, so uh, it was good. We had a walkthrough, just had a nice walkthrough, so we got a, a good amount of plays out there uh, just for the operation of how we're going to do things on first and second down. And then guys are now on break, and then we'll get out there about 1.30, have a nice, uh, fast, padded practice. A little bit longer individual today because we want to focus on in, uh, techniques and fundamentals on, on Wednesdays. Um, and that will be pretty much standard throughout the course of the year. And then those will shorten up uh, on Thursday, Friday, of course. Uh, so we say start with our, sharp with our fundamentals. So I'll open up to questions from there. And you guys have put in a lot of work since camp began. What you want to see on Sunday that the test for, for what you guys have, have done and what progress you've made. Yeah, just, just the same, you know, progress. You know, we want to see us getting better. We want to see us uh, operating, you know, aggressive, smart football. Um, and we think we're getting better that way. But, again, this is, uh, you know, a game now. It's not a preseason game, and we're excited about where that is and uh, just to get better. Coach, you um, last season with the Bulls saw, obviously, this team in – in uh, week six, I believe. Mm-hmm. What did you learn about Debo then? Um, you, you did a pretty good job, if I recall, in the run game overall. What did you learn about him and sort of the lessons you take to this year? Yeah, like, you know, obviously the best player in the league or one of the best players, you know, yards after contact. You know, very strong, uh, a really good route runner, uh, multiple use guy um, in the backfield, out of the backfield, lined up all over the place. So um, he's dynamic. And he is deserves all the credit he, he gets. And uh, we're going to have our hands full with him. And that's what you learn. You learn what a strong, versatile player that he is. And he's what makes the NFL special is guys like that. So uh, he's, he's a special guy. Matt, why was it important for you to have season-long captains? Yeah, I just think it's, uh, you know, a function of leadership. You know, and I tell the guys, and I told the guys when we named the captains, I always tell them this. I said the first rule of leadership is leading yourself. And those guys, uh, and I say also say this, is that everybody in the room is a leader. You know, so we all have to do a great job of leading ourselves. We all have to lead, and we lead by modeling the behavior we wish to see in our teammates. And I think that's important, and these guys have done a good job of that. Um, and this was uh, voted on by the, te- by the team. You know, we took a team vote on this, and that was exactly how it came out. And uh, so that says a lot about those guys and what their, what their peers think of them. So uh, uh, it's a... Uh, it's a job that is. Uh, it's a. It's a job that really just you got to really just focus on doing what you do best and playing great football at that at your position. And you'll lead when you, when it's called upon, but it's really about playing well. Matt, the other day you said to find Trey Lance or your scout team version of Trey Lance. You'd be looking at a bunch of different athletes. Yep. 
um, whether they're on offense or defense. Do you, do you have to do the same for Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of not knowing how they're going to handle that quarterback position that they have two guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly have to. You know, you got to change what you're doing uh, with your game plan a little bit if they do rotate guys and move them in and out. So uh, we're, we'll be prepared for that for sure. You've been watching tape with Justin. Are there certain ways that with your defensive background you're able to kind of help, like, hey, look for this, look for this? Like, how has that dynamic worked in terms of his way of learning defenses? Yeah, I think you can help on defenses uh, on, on tells, you know, where guys are located, what they look like, what their demeanor is. I think you can do a lot of that. I think that's been helpful. You know, and also the rules, you know, the, the coverage rules that people have in certain coverages and what, what's hard on the defense, you know, based on those rules. So, I think it's a uh, dual education, uh, so to speak. You know, he's learning the offensive side, but on occasion he'll learn more in depth of what the defense is doing to help him uh, through the process. Coach, as a defensive coach, will you sit down with Luke Getzi at any time during this during the week and say, "This is how I would attack you. This is how I see you being most vulnerable." Do you have those type of conversations? Yeah, yes, we do. Yeah, we have those conversations, and those are always good conversations. A lot of times those come up in the meetings. You know, we're, we're talking, we're going through a game plan part, portion, and they'll come up in the meetings, we'll just discuss it. And sometimes they even come up during the quarterback meeting. We'll see something in there and, and start discussing it. Like I said before, it's an open forum in there where everybody's trying to learn and interact with each other, and it's, and it's been good. The captain selection, is that your choice? Is that a vote of teammates? It's voted by the teammates. Yep. Uh, just taking every step that, that we've asked him to take, you know, and uh, talk about modeling the behavior you wish to see. He's a great teammate. You know, he is a guy that, that works with others uh, and uh, wants to soak in everything and has gotten better. And he's done it through his work ethic. And, you know, he's obviously very intelligent, you know, which helps him along the way. But uh, he's been a great teammate. You said that one of the things you wanted to work on this preseason as a new coach was putting your system in place. You know, how do you feel? How effective you were? What were some of the take-home lessons you learned? Yeah, it's a work in progress. You know, this is our first year together, and we're getting better. You know, we could see week uh, preseason game one to three. You know, uh, from spring to training camp. You know, all those little pockets you look at. I think we're getting better. You know, you can see us playing a little bit harder, uh, a little bit smarter, uh, a little bit more aggressive, and uh, we're just trying to take a step in the right direction. Lisa, are you a grass expert? And how, what went into the shift at Soldier Field? Because no one <laughs> They had to ask him about the yeah, grass. It was, uh, this has been planned uh, for quite some time, and uh, we, we feel it's going to be a nice surface. You know, we think it's going to be a fast surface, which I think lends to, our, uh, to help us out. Uh, Ken Barak, our grounds guy who's been here forever, is outstanding, and I've been working with him. And he is a... Uh, just an outstanding man, first of all, and he just does an outstanding job. You know, here at Hallis Hall, obviously you guys see our fields here have been sweet. And, uh, you know, so we're trying to take that there and we'll see what happens. You said a fast surface. Soldier Field hasn't been known as a fast surface in the past. Is that a fundamental shift in the way you guys are? Yeah, we want a fast team. You know, we want a long, fast, athletic football team. So I think that lends to our uh, advantage. How involved were the discussions in, in trying to, to get this – moving in that direction. Yeah, I'm not going to go deep into it. Like I said, I'm not a grass uh, expert, but uh, it was, it was uh, you know, they said they were going to do some things. We talked about it, and then they ended up doing it. So it's, it's you know, not super deep. You had, a lot of, oh, you had experience with that surface, though? Have you had experience with that? With this one? Yeah, yeah I believe, I want to say, I believe it's the same one we had at my last place in the practice field. So uh, it's very similar to that. It's a hybrid grass, so. That, that does well in cold weather. Yeah, you've taken over. There have been obviously a lot of changes all over the roster, all over this building, right down to the grass. So as you head into like the first game, how do you feel about your fingerprints on this version of the Bears? Uh, I feel good about it. I feel good about it. It's not just mine. It's it's our whole football teams. You know, I have a great staff um, that we've put together that has uh, been a part of, of this and also has bought into what we're what we're doing. Uh, the style which we play, and then the players. You know, you got to think about the players because they're the guys, the product on the field that's going to be doing it. So uh, the buy-in's been great there, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. It's going to be tested this week, and uh, we're excited where that's going to go. Manager, with Roquan being I'm sorry. voted as a captain, how do you do that in light of him holding out and 
asking to be traded and kind of being in a standoff with the team still? Yeah, I, I don't even look at it that way. I look at it as football is football, you know, and that's the that's the business side of it. And like I said in the beginning that, you know, since uh, him and I always talk, it's always about football. And it's and it's going to continue to be that way. And, uh, you know, he he is a man's man, and he is a, he is a heck of a football player. So we're excited for him to be a captain. When you talk about leading, uh, leading others by you know modeling what you want for your, uh, yep. by yourself, um, so you feel like from a football standpoint, Roquan has done that since he's no been question, there. no question uh, on the grass, man. He's been great. He's been great, and he's been great in the locker room, and he's been great with the coaches. You know, it's just that the negotiations didn't work out the way way he wanted to, and the way we wanted to. It didn't go the way we wanted, but. In the same regard, he's been a one on the football side, coaches side, teammate side, all that. So it's been it's been really good. And after three preseason games, is is regular season game management still an X factor for you? Do you do you know how good you'll be at it, or is that something where you kind of learn as you go along and and kind of figure it out? Because even some of the best coaches struggle on game. On no, that's good. That's a really good question, and we're continuing to work on that. We've been working on that uh, since the last preseason game. We're continuing to educate and go through scenarios. And uh, that's going to be something we we do the whole season because you know the changes you know they're like you know somebody once said that you know those situations are like snowflakes they're all different right so you know time timeouts you know score all that field position so I think it's important that we keep educating ourselves so we do a good job on game day. Is the pressure of the moment that anything you kind of account for or you know is that something you just have to go through you know making making that decision when you have to do it in a split second? Yeah, I think you just got to really uh, stay ahead of it. You stay ahead of the play, so you stay ahead of what's going to happen next. Uh, you don't wait for the situation to just show up. You stay ahead of the situation, and then you're more, it's more manageable that way uh, to make a, a good a decision, what you see as a good decision in the moment. During your, your days as a coordinator, what lessons did you learn over time about how to best challenge young, inexperienced quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of ways to do that. You know, obviously the obvious ways is, you know, pressure. You know, you, uh, you want to pressure those guys, and I think that's uh, what every defensive coordinator would say. And then disguise. You know, you want to be able to disguise and move your coverages and and how much you need to do that with a young guy sometimes. I think you outthink yourself sometimes a little bit. Uh, but I would say those two things. Can you talk to you about Lance in your early studies at yeah, a great athlete. You know, he's he's really good. Uh, yeah, I think he has a good handle of the offense. Um, I think that's a really good offense for him, um, and I think that they'll utilize it in the right way. I, I really respect those coaches over there uh, on both sides, and they do a nice job of coaching their team, and they have, and they've had great success. Two more. The other day that Justin was motivated by the fact that the 49ers had an opportunity to draft him and didn't. As a coach, do you try to regulate any sort of emotions a player might have against a specific opponent? Is it a good thing, a bad thing? Do you step in to, to try and make sure it, it's Yeah, amazing. motivation is funny, isn't it? You know, sometimes, you know, different people are motivated a certain, you know, a certain way. And I think if you, if you have that under control, you know, you know being in self-control and use that the right way to motivate you, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And that could be whatever. That could be anything. What have you learned about Blake Griffin? He's self-motivated. Uh, I just think he's trying to be the best quarterback that he can be. You know, and he's he's proven that every single day since I've been here. Justin, what do you, what do you see when you look at the... I got the wrong thing unmuted. There we go. My bad. I had the wrong thing unmuted. Uh, that was Coach Flues breaking down uh, kind of where he feels the Bears are and uh, naming his starters for the season there. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you, or his starters, his his captains for the season there. I'm going to be honest with you, right? Like, I, I feel like that's those are good names to have attached to your captain's list, right? And I know Roquan was the interesting one that everybody's going to key in on. Um, and the question around Roquan, right, where are – where are you going to or how can you be a leader of this team if Bears fans feel that they that you want to be off of this team? And I think that you have to look at what Coach Flew said, right? You have to look at what Coach Flew's how he broke it down. Listen, the contract negotiations didn't go the way we want them to go. But the players on this team understand that he's a heck of a football player. The players on this team understand that he's a really good football player. The players on this team understand that they're a better team with Roquan 
on the roster and that you're going to have a chance in more games with Roquan Smith on your defense. And so you feel a lot better. I like the fact that uh, uh, um, they did name Roquan a captain. And again, this is something that was even different uh, uh, um, when you're talking about how players were selected, how coaches were, or how captains were selected, right? Like last year, Matt Nagy just picked them. Last year, Matt Nagy picking the captains, the coaches picked the captains, right? And that whoever it was, that, that's who the captain was. But that didn't hold much weight because it wasn't who the Bears felt was the best candidate for the job, right? And so the captain, at that point, the captain position didn't mean enough. Now you're seeing the players are selecting these guys. You get Justin Fields, you get Roquan Smith, you get Robert Quinn, right? Those are the guys that you really understand are going to lead you in the right direction, defensively, offensively, and are going to be the pieces that put you over the top. So I like the way that they selected the captains in this. I also like the fact that they they have an outlook. There is an interesting dynamic when you're talking about this team, right? There's an interesting dynamic when you're talking about the Bears facing the 49ers because when you look at what the 49ers can do, there is that trailing Lance dynamic that you absolutely have to uh, uh, um, take into account, right? There's that Trey Lance dynamic of, hey, he's able to use his feet. He's going to be able to extend plays, but he doesn't have that full grasp of the playbook. Kyle Shanahan doesn't really like that. This kind of feels like, doesn't this feel a little bit like a uh, the GM saying, like, we're, you're getting your new quarterback, and that's the end of that. That's how it feels to me anyway, right? Because now, you know, Kyle Shanahan feels like, hey, listen, I, I don't, I want to call my full repertoire and I've got a guy on the roster that can and I can't use him. So I think that that's going to be the most interesting part of this, right? And I like how uh, uh, um, Coach uh, uh, Flus broke it down where he says, listen, we understand that Trey Lance is the number one. We understand you got to worry about Kittle. We understand you got to worry about Debo Samuel. We understand all of that, right? But you still got to worry about Jimmy G. And we're not forgetting that he exists. We're going to be prepared for the moment where they're able to swap those guys out. And there can be moments where they can swap those guys in and out. Don't think Jimmy G just rides the pine all season for the uh, uh, 49ers. I think there's going to be an absolute opportunity there for Jimmy G to find his way into a game and possibly find his way into a game for the long term. I think the interesting thing is going to be, be going to be how much rope does Trey Lance actually have because we already know that the 49ers can not only win a lot of games, but win playoff games, can continue to be a Super Bowl caliber team if Jimmy G's in there at quarterback. So there's a lot of concern around that, man. You can't just write that off to me. Um, appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with your boy as always, man. Hit that like button if you haven't done so. I think we got like 70 people up in this mug, man. We only got like 17 likes on the video. So hit that like button, man. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily. We are live Sunday through Wednesday at 7 p.m. So tune in with us every 7 p.m. Sunday through Wednesday. And we'll be giving you the latest in Chicago sports talk, man. Today we're breaking down a little bit of Chicago Bears. Uh, we're breaking down a lot of Chicago Bears. There's not much to break down Bulls-wise, but, uh, yeah, we're going to be giving you the latest of Chicago sports talks. So appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with your boy. As always, man, uh, here's the thing. We also heard from Justin Fields. He talked about is he prepared for this upcoming week? How is he going to be prepared? How does he feel heading into this week? Let's hear what Justin had to say on how he feels, not only just being the starting quarterback, but going into this week as a captain as well. Appreciate you guys for tuning in with us. Let's listen in on Justin. And study the 49ers defense. Uh, yeah, they have a good defense. Um, of course, you know, their front four are pretty good. They have good D linemen, uh, great backers, and, um, you know, they're a vision to break defense. So they kind of play, um, you know, uh, kind of play off and soft, and then they, you know, all swarm to the football when it's caught underneath. So they do a good job with that. We asked you a long time ago whether this offense was ready, and you said no, but we've got a lot of time until the season starts. Uh, in week one, does it feel ready? Yeah, it does. But what do you see that leads you to think that? Um, I mean, just the amount of time we've had together. So we're all ready to play on uh, Sunday. You're named the team captain today. What's your vision for what those responsibilities entail for you? Yeah, you know, just, um, you know, making our culture, uh, uh, making sure our culture stays the way it is, um, you know, leading the team uh, in whichever way possible on and off the field. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, those are the main qualities, you know, to, to be a leader. And, you know, coach says you got to lead yourself first. So, um, you know, I'm going to lead myself first and then also lead the guys behind me. 
What do you see within the current culture that, that you like about what's been established here since January? Uh, just our mindset on how we play the game. Uh, you know, play it fast, play it hard, and uh, you know, play it throughout however long we have to play, whether it's four quarters, whether it's into overtime. So, you know, just playing the hardest, playing the toughest, and, um, you know, just, just you know, playing smart. What's the excitement level for you individually just with this is like eight months in the making for you to really kind of have it be your team, be you as the starter from day one, knowing that everything is centered around you and you've been working on a lot of individual things leading up to the now yeah, chance to just show it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Justin, do you feel like you guys are going to take an underdog mentality heading into the season with all the national media expecting you guys to finish so bottom of the, the bottom of the league? Do we have an underdog mentality? Yeah. Um, I mean, we have the same mentality, I think. You know, I don't think anybody, you know, alters our mentality. Our mentality is to go out there, like I said before, uh, play, be the hardest on the field, be the toughest, and, you know, play the fastest and play the longest. So um, that's that's our mentality going into every game. Justin, Justin since, since Lucas Patrick uh, has been back at practice this week, have you been able to take snaps from him? Uh, no. Um, Do you anticipate, like, that he might be in a different position, or is there... Um, I'm not sure. It just all depends on his uh, injury and, you know, how he's feeling at the end of the week, so... How, how different of a quarterback are you now than when you started all the offseason work eight months ago? Uh, I think I'm very different. Um, you know, I'm, of course, more comfortable with the offense and, you know, have a grasp of it, so feel sorry. good. Sorry. I'm sorry. Darnell uh, Moody said that he's he's ready to open things up. He's tired of the same three or four plays that you guys ran in preseason. Do you, do you feel that itch, too? to show everybody what this offense is? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm just ready to play, ready to you know, get on the field. So, um, yeah. What excites you most about the potential of this offense moving forward? What excites me most? Just what we can do if we you know, all do our job, if we all do our you know, individual responsibility. Um, you know, if we all get off the ball, all do our you know, jobs and execute well, then you know, our offense is, is, is really good. So. What did you think about Darnell's comments about the 49ers passing on you and you making them pay? And I didn't. I didn't hear about it at all. He made a comment about how he expects, like, the 49ers passing on you. You want to make them pay. Do you take that personally? Do you look at that kind of stuff personally? What? No, not really. Um, you know, I don't take anything personal. Um, and I'm I'm glad to be here. So you know, I'm glad that they passed on me. But um, yeah. So I'm just ready to play this this weekend. So yeah. I appreciate those comments from him, though. Like kind of, or is it um, Darnell being Darnell? Darnell being Darnell. <laughs> <laughs> I have the direct quote here, if that helps you. The team passed on him, so they're going to have to pay a bit for that. Yeah, that's just moon being moon, but I mean, you know. Yeah. Where is it? Are you, I know you said you don't take it personally, mm-hmm. but is it motivation? Is the draft order motivation for you on some level? Uh, the draft is a draft, you know. The draft doesn't matter at this point, you know. I mean, like Mooney, you can take Mooney, for example. Um, Shoot, he got passed by a 32 team. So it's like, I mean, you're in the league now. Do your job now. Boom, execute at a high level, you know. And it is what it is. But I mean, at this point, you know, it's week one, um, and we're we're here to play ball. We're not worried about last year's draft. Oh, this team passed me. I'm not thinking about that. That's not going through my head. So, yeah. Justin, what is it about Getz's offense that you feel most showcases what you can do as the quarterback and as the leader of the offense and your talents? Uh, yeah, just, you know, being able to do different things with um, kind of having the same, um, you know, look. So uh, just being able to run different concepts, you know, different plays with, with you know, all the plays looking sort of the same. So just building plays off of each other. Justin, in what, in what ways have your ability or the way you watched opponents changed? You know, we talk so much about changes from year to one, year two. Do you, do you study opponents differently? Uh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, that's a lot to kind of go into detail. But... I mean, just looking at players, how they play, you know, what they're looking at, you know, what their keys are and, you know, and, and stuff like that. So just kind of evaluating it like that. Where has Getsy been able to kind of help with a little bit of a, a defensive perspective in there? Yeah, you know, he's always in our meetings, so he's always telling us, the, you know, the defense's job on, you know, what each guy's responsibility is on, you know, each coverage they play or stuff, stuff, stuff like that. So, yeah. Where has Getsy helped you in your development more so than any other coach that you've worked with that's kind of surprised you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just he's been great with everything, um, just footwork and timing, you know, just playing on time and just a little, you know, details of playing quarterback, the um, um, just, I guess the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just the different things playing quarterback, like just different movements in the pocket, stuff like that. Like he knows what drills to work, uh, what I need to work on. And, you know, he's, he's I mean, he's been great. So, um, you know, I, I love having him here.
Just trust that technique at this point, because when you first are working on something, changing something, I, I think that there's probably an acclimation period to it. How much is it just kind of natural and instinctive to you now? Yeah, it feels pretty normal now. Is that a process for you where it, it wasn't kind of awkward at first and then it started to smooth out? Or? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was struggling with it like right when I switched. I mean, I was just trying to get it, my left right footwork down, quick game footwork. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel good with it now. How much is it going to benefit you to have such a strong running back room? I mean, with Montgomery and Herbert, they kind of showed last year what they can do is they'll go up too much. How much does that help you as a quarterback? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you can't run the ball, then it's going to be hard to be successful on, on offense. So, um, you know, just having those guys in the running back room, you know, getting the running game going, you know, that's a big part of our offense. So, of course, the better we are running the ball, you know, the more it's going to open up play action pass and uh, a lot of a lot of other different stuff. So, yeah. Nick, Nick Bosa is obviously an, an elite player in this league. As a captain on this team, but also as the guy who's going to ultimately pay the price when Nick Bosa wins a rep or two, how do you keep your rookie fifth-round tackle confident in a game like that when maybe he loses a rep or two at some point? And just be real with him. Like, I hope none of y'all expect him to win every rep versus, you know, Nick Bosa in a game. So it's like, I mean, he knows he's, you know, not going to win every rep. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to move on and, uh, you know, focus on the next play. So, um, you know, we're going to try to help him, much, help him out as, as much as possible. But, um, yeah, I mean, just being real, knowing that he's not going to you know, win every play. I mean, that's everyone in the league, you know. Everyone, you know, gets God on one play, but you just got to come back the next play and, you know, execute. A lot of players in the league do take note of the teams that pass on them. You know, Tom Brady famously knows every quarterback that was selected in front of him. Where does your motivation come from in these kind of situations where ahead of the, you know, your second season, first season as the starter, like what gets you kind of fired up for in, in your own mind? My guys in my locker room. Um, you know, just seeing the work we put in. Um, you know, coach says all the time it's, it's about us. It's not about the 49ers this week. It's about us, how we play, how we execute. So, um, you know, just playing for my teammates, playing for my coaches, and uh, going out there and, you know, executing to the best of my ability. Justin, what is the biggest difference in this offense? Executing to the best of my ability. Justin, what is the biggest difference in this offense compared to last year that you think will lead to more points? Um, you know, there's a lot of different stuff, but I'm not going to, you know, put it out there right now because we have a game coming up this Sunday. So I'm not going to, you know, have the uh, game plan out there. But, you know, there's a good amount of stuff that's different for sure. I know you said Fluce is in your meet, your quarterback meetings. Um, do you guys have one-on-one time set aside with you? Set aside, like, each? With Fluce? Yeah. Uh, no, not really. He's usually, I mean, he's in our meetings, but, you know, he also has to go to defensive meetings and stuff like that. So he's kind of everywhere. This is, a, this is an opponent that you've seen before. Is there Are there parts of the familiarity this week that, that are – Notable to you, just having played them last year? Uh, I mean, yeah, they have the same defense, but, you know, the thing with the same defense, I think they run a, a simple defense that they're, they're able to, you know, disguise their coverages, this and that. So I think they do a good job doing that. So, um, you know, just, you know, post-snap confirmation of the coverage and um, just, just kind of, you know, knowing what they're doing, knowing what their keys are and knowing what their jobs are on, are on uh, defense. So, yeah. I think he's a good quarterback, athletic. It's my guy. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good person for sure. Do you set, Justin, what, do you set goals for yourself, and what do you expect out of yourself this in this your second season? Uh, I don't set goals, you know, because I don't want to put a limit on myself. So I feel like if you set, you know, I want this amount of passing yards, you, you could surpass that amount of passing yards or this and that. So, um, of course, you know, my, my goal is just to win every game. Uh, I think that's the most simplest goal I have. And, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, you know. Uh, so just making sure I'm, you know, process-driven and, you know, making sure I'm, you know, playing the game smart, taking care of the ball, and, you know, um, just trying to execute at a high level. What struck you about Matt Eberflus since you got to work with him and got to know him as a, as a person, as a coach? What did you say? What struck you about Matt Eberflus since you've gotten in with him, got to know him as a person and as a coach? Uh, yeah, he's a great person, uh, funny guy, great coach. Um, you know, uh, just the way he talks to the team is with confidence. You, you really believe him when he's talking to the team, so um, I think it's great for our team, great hearing him. And, um, yeah, just, just great to have him as a head coach, great uh, to have him leading our team, so we're all excited. Justin, did you meet Lance during the draft process? Did you know him from before? I knew him before from the draft process, him? from just working out with each other. Yeah. What's he like, just as a guy? He's a, he's a good guy. I mean, he's a down-to-earth guy, good person, so, um, yeah.
Well, Justin Fields breaking down kind of what the expectation is going to be on Sunday and where this Bears team uh, uh, can kind of find their way in and find their groove and how he feels, right? Just as a whole, we had heard, you know, listen, he said Mooney being, that's just Moon being Moon, uh, talking about Darnell Mooney kind of saying that, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder with all those guys that were selected ahead of him and, and things like that, right? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I I believe him when he says he's not paying attention to that. He understands that if you win games at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And the reason that he understands, here's the one thing about Justin Fields that I've always loved, right? The, the one thing to me that I've always taken away from his game, he just goes out there and he plays his game well and he tries to find a way to navigate wins because he's always been number two in the talking points. But when the play on the field comes down to it, he ends up being number one, right? What do I mean by that? He's always been talked about as if he was behind Trey Lance. I'm sorry, not Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. He's always been talked about as if he was behind Trevor Lawrence, as if Trevor Lawrence was the one that was going to be the best quarterback in that draft, as if Trevor Lawrence was the one that was the best quarterback in college, as if Trevor Lawrence was the one that was the best quarterback back in high school, right? But what's the one thing that we can always say about Justin Fields? Justin Fields absolutely always wins those matchups. He always finds a way to end up coming out on top. So for me, right, I think that's something that you really got to take into account when you're talking about the quarterback that is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears is that those questions always pop up, right? Those, oh, is Trevor Lawrence going to be this? Is Trey Lance going to be better? Is it? But who ends up being the number one guy at the end of all of that conversation? It's usually Justin Fields. And I think that's the thing that really gets me excited about this year too, right? That's the thing that really gets my blood pumping about this year too. The thing that really makes me feel like this Bears team might have a shot. The fact that I think Justin Fields will take that step that is going to be a step in the right direction for the Chicago Bears. And he will become that player that will make moves in the right direction to the point where we're like, hey, like maybe our receiving core isn't that bad. I don't know if I can say our receiving core isn't that bad, but what I can say is I think Justin Fields is going to make enough plays to get the job done for that receiving core. That's how I feel about it. That's the position I think Justin Fields puts us in, and that's what gets me excited about it. Let's get to the question on the table, man. Appreciate you guys tuning in and rocking with us. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports. I got to change it now. We do talk Chicago. Well, no, I don't. We still talk Chicago sports daily. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel, man. It's the only channel talk Chicago sports, how Chicago talk. If you guys weren't in here, um, at the beginning of it, right, there's going to be a change in the schedule because I'm going to be doing the daily show a Sunday through Wednesday live. We will be live Sunday through Wednesday at 7 p.m. On Thursday and Friday, we will have pre-recorded content coming out as well. So we will still have daily content for you guys, but I will be live at 7 p.m. Sunday through Wednesday. If there happens to be a game on that night, we will end up just live calling that game. So make sure that you guys Guys, tune in with us on the live. Also, make sure that you guys go check out over on the podcast side as well, because we do have the podcast. If you can't sit here and you want to listen to the show on the go or you're not going to be tuned in at 7 p.m. and you want to hear it the next day, you can always tune in and drop a like on the video. But then you can also just listen to the podcast side as well. Appreciate you guys for showing love out here. So the question on the table, what are we expecting this Bears team to look like in week one? What are we expecting this Bears team to come out as in week one? And when you when you start to break that down, right, you have to look at what this team is coming from. You have to look at I, I think preseason you do have to take into account a little bit, but you really have to look at what this team is coming from and how they come into this season. What I mean by that, they were undisciplined last season. While there were player with while there were players with talent on this team, that talent was not properly utilized. While there were players that could have exceeded their talent last season, that talent was not properly utilized. While we had a coaching staff that said that they were going to run the ball, that ball was not run. 
This is going to be a completely different Chicago Bears team, and I believe that it starts here in week one. I think the thing to focus in on, there's two things for me, at least on the offensive side of the ball, that you really need to focus in on with the Chicago Bears team. First thing for me, and like the video if you agree, like the video if you disagree, just like the video. First thing for me, I think that when Ryan Poles and I'm sorry, well, Ryan Poles as well, Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze say, hey, I'm going to run the football. I'm going to run the football. I'm going to put this ball in David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and Tristan Ebner's hands. I think that we'll actually see that versus the San Francisco 49ers. And I think this is the thing that you have to take into account with that as well. When you're looking at where this Bears team was last season and how they ran the football, the th- the issue wasn't that the Bears couldn't run the football. The issue was that the coaching staff gave up on the run too quickly. Oh, well, you know what? We don't have we weren't getting uh five yards per carry on the football. So we just went away from the run. The problem is that doesn't exactly help young talent on your team. And guess what you had in at the quarterback position last year? Very, very young talent. The the thing that the Bears kind of do have it an advantage, you heard Justin talk about it there, right, is that they do come into this situation already of playing this team. He knows what this defense is. It's basically the same defense as last year. And you're coming into a season with guys that at least have played against uh, 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 that opposite defense line for the most part here's here's the one thing that I think you really have to key in on outside of that run game I think the Bears will run the ball a lot I think you'll see Montgomery doing a good job uh, uh, um, I think that this will be a very serious year for Montgomery what I mean by that is I think that Montgomery will be uh, uh, um, to the point where I will have a lot of argument on my running back position for, hey, should the Bears re-sign David Montgomery? I think that this is going to be the season where he's finally going to get to uh, uh, come out and attack more. But I also think that he's going to be schemed well with the defensive line, our offensive line, and in the positions he's going to be put in. Remember, last season versus the Browns versus the Niners, even all of that, right? Like, the Bears were just running forward. They weren't doing things to the outside. They weren't doing things to move the pocket. They weren't doing things to move the, the, the offensive line around good uh, 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 and put them in a position to where David Montgomery could actually get a hole. I think the scheme is going to be more improved. I think the adjustments will be more improved. And so for me, right, in week one, I don't expect to see what we saw versus the Cleveland Browns. I've said this. I've said this. I've said this. Now, the play calling I expect to see, but the frequency that they went to the passing game versus the Cleveland Browns, I do not expect to see that, especially with the Nick Bosa out there, especially with that defense the way that it's built right because you're not going to get that vanilla defense. You, you Listen, it looked a lot different just not having Miles Garrett out there chasing Justin Fields around. I don't expect to see him dropping back 25 times to pass the football. What I expect to see out of Justin Fields in this game is him going with the simple pass, the Bears scheming him up some simple reads, dropping back this offensive line, doing a lot of moving pockets, rolling pockets, getting him outside of the pocket. Those are the things that I expect to see here versus the San Francisco 49ers. Because remember, that is a star-studded defense over there. And the other thing that I really think that we're going to see from this Bears team in week one is, and listen to this word, Bears fans, if Matt Nagy's out there, if Matt Nagy's out there, just give a listen here, Matt. Just give a li- quick listen here, Matt. I expect to see adjustments. Oh, good Lord. How do you do that? What is that? We haven't seen that in four years. I expect to see the Chicago Bears adjust. Guess what? If Nick Bosa's finding his way into the backfield, I expect to see Braxton Jones with some help. I'm also not losing my mind. Here's the thing, right? I do have the Bears winning a lot of games. I actually have the Bears winning this game versus San Francisco, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I do expect the Bears to win this game versus San Francisco. But here's the thing. I don't expect the Bears to win every single rep like Justin was talking about. I don't expect the Bears to go out there and win every single play like Justin was talking about. I don't expect the Bears to go out there and score touchdowns on every single drive. What I expect from this Chicago Bears team 
is for them to put their players in positions to be successful. If the talent doesn't equal up to the play calling, that's a situation that can be fixed. If the talent doesn't equal up to the play calling, that's a situation that we can adjust. But the play calling can't be the issue. And so I think we're going to see a team that is, is going to come out here. And if you see Nick Bosa starting to get into that backfield, they're going to adjust off of that. If you see this 49ers defense playing back, preparing for the pass, they're going to adjust off of that. If you see this 49, here's the thing, too. I don't think they're handcuffed to the idea of a run-heavy style of play, right? If all of a sudden they're playing up heavy and they're trying to blitz and you can get those easy passes over the top, I think Justin Fields is a good enough uh, quarterback for you to do that. I don't think that this is going to be a game where they're going to go out there and they're going to leave uh, uh, their young guys to die. And I think that's the most important thing coming out of this week one. I, I think that the, the thing that we knew going into last season, not that I think, I know the thing that we knew going into last season is they were going to leave their young guys on an island. They were going to let their young guys sink or swim. You know why? Because it was Matt Nagy's time to sink or swim. So they were going to let their young guys sink or swim. That's not going to be the case this season. That's not going to be the Chicago Bears this season. This Chicago Bears this season is going to help their young guys. I don't expect to see Braxton Jones out there by himself on Nick Bosa all night unless he's dominating Nick Bosa. If all of a sudden, right, he's just dominating Bosa, then we then it's like, wait a minute now, hold on, brother. <laughs> what did we get in the fifth round? But I'm also not leaving week one and saying, oh, my goodness, right, like uh, uh, Braxton Jones is trash because he couldn't figure out how to stop Nick Bosa week one, right? Like, I think there's going to be a nice little there, – there's going to be some Bears fans that have to come back to earth, and there's going to be some Bears fans that are going to be pleasantly surprised. Those are the two things that I really see happening in week one. There's going to – because I don't think the Bears are great, I've said this a million times. I don't think the Bears are a great team. I don't think the Bears are this dominant football team. And me having them at nine wins is the middle. There are some Bears fans that think, oh, if the Bears, the Bears are going to get 13, 11 wins with this, with this schedule. I don't see that. But there's other Bears fans that think, oh, the Bears are going to get three wins. I think we're going to see a meeting of the middle here in week one. And that's something to be excited about. That's something to be excited about, Bears fans, because we're finally going to see a little bit eye to eye. At least that's how I feel. We'll see if it actually happens. Here's the hope. Here's hoping. But we'll see if it actually happens. But I think you're going to see a little bit more uh, eye to eye after week one. And I can't wait to have those conversations, man. Listen, we got a lot of stuff planned for the show here moving forward, man. We got a lot of different interviews that are going to be dropping next week. Uh, our goal is to do an eye on the enemy every week as well. So make sure you guys are tuned in with that. Trying to find a four, trying to, I reached out to a couple of 49ers hosts today. So hoping to get them on. Uh, we got the most hated man in Packers Twitter verse coming on next week to preview the Packers Bears game. We also got John Yurkovich coming through next season from Carmen and Yurk, or next season, next week uh, <laughs> to preview Bears Packers review what we saw and then previews Bears Packers so we got a lot of guests getting in here as well a lot of things to be excited about and um, kind of just a couple of different talking points that, that we're going to see where this team is at after week one. So I'm really excited about uh, uh, this NFL. See, bro, there's football back. Like, I'm trying to find the, like, political way to say this. Bro, there's football back, man. Hey, appreciate y'all for tuning in in the chat. Shout out to y'all. If you haven't done so, hit that like button. I've said that a few times. Throw some questions my way. I'll answer a couple of questions before I get out of here, and I'll give a couple of predictions here before we get to this game just in case we don't have our eye on the enemy. So what do I see happening in Sunday's game? Where do I see the Chicago Bears doing the most damage. What do, what do I see as the outcome of this game? First things first, I eat your brain. No, nah, my bad. I was about to go in on that. Much. Hold on now. Hold on now. No, nah, I'm just playing. Um, I, I do have the. I picked the Bears to win this. I'm gonna stick with that prediction. I think that the 49ers come into this not saying that they're behind the eight ball. But they come into this a little bit uneasy around that quarterback position. So I do have the Bears winning this game. Um, I'm going to say 28-21. 
Ugh, never mind. Uh, let me let me roll that back a little bit. Roll that back. Rewind. 21 24 Bears win. 24 21 Bears win. That's not crazy. There's three touchdowns and a field goal. Cairo Santos, shout out to you. I see the Bears coming away with a dub. I see it being a Montgomery type game where you see Monty get two touchdowns. I think Justin Fields runs in a touchdown, but moves the ball well. I see him finishing the game with 240 yards. I think the Bears come away with one takeaway, and that will be the difference in the game. When I look at this game, right, I I can't say that I think the 49ers are going to do this major drop back. I think the 49ers are going to struggle. I think the 49 I think this is just going to be an adjustment period for the Chicago Bears and it's the or, I'm sorry, for the San Francisco 49ers and it's the best time for the Bears to sneak out a win. Notice I say sneak out a win. I don't think mid-season form the Bears can get a win versus 49ers team, but I think early on in the season, that's the best time to go after a team. Early on in the season Everybody's trying to figure it out. Everybody's trying to, you know, situate themselves and understand what's going to happen with this team, how this team's going to work together, how this offense is going to work together, right? Kyle Shanahan doing legitimate play calling versus legitimate defensive play calling. So I don't see, uh, like, I, I don't feel like this is a statement game for the Bears, but I do think it's something that could juice them up moving through the rest of this season, right? And I think that this is one of those games where the Bears can sneak out a win versus a team that's going through a little bit of flux versus a team that I know it sounds crazy to say is a little bit more settled in, at least with how comfortable they are with guys in certain positions. Remember, San Francisco at that quarterback position does not feel comfortable with Trey Lance. Now, maybe that's cap. Maybe that's just something that they're putting out there. That's propaganda, whatever it is. But they don't feel comfortable at least how it seems and how it looks with Trey Lance in at that quarterback position. And even if they do throw Jimmy G in because things are getting bad, Jimmy G hasn't played. So what I do think is that the Bears come out here and their defense will be good enough to disrupt a couple of the things that the 49ers do. I'm not seeing the 49ers come out here and have a clunker of a game. Again, I've got them getting 21 points. I think this is going to be a hard-fought battle back and forth. I do think Justin is downplaying a little bit kind of the uh, – uh, um, what what was the what what do you say like he he doesn't care that the 49ers didn't select him that teams above him don't select him right i think justin doesn't take that stuff to the media and i think mooney's real quick to be like hey yo justin already we know he got a grudge they are, you know what i mean like mooney's real quick to pop off on that mooney understands all the people that went ahead of him he understands all the teams that missed on him that are going to want him he wants to take that big step so i think there's a little bit of that in there as well so i'm really excited about that but um I, I think that there is a little bit of that in Justin where he's like nah nothing happened then he got back to he's telling Mooney like bro why would you say that why would you tell them that like I told you that in confidence <laughs> um on the 49ers side though listen I don't think there's some scrubs out there um I do see Nick Bosa or uh yeah I do see Nick Bosa finishing this game with a sack I'll give him a sack and a half I think I think Listen, I can't say that this offensive line is going to be dominant. I think Braxton Jones will look better um, and continue to grow. But I think that, right, that's a heck of a matchup week one to be going up against. Um, I think that those will come early, and I think there'll be some adjustments on the Bears side. I wouldn't expect a Bears first drive touchdown. I wouldn't expect a first drive out Bears go down the field, score a touchdown real quick. I wouldn't personally expect it because I think that there's going to be that adjustment period of like, okay, hey, they're not running man-to-man. These aren't vanilla defenses anymore. These are serious defense. There's there's a lot of dis- disguise in that San Francisco 49ers defense. There's a lot of disguise in what that Niners team does. And so I think that that's still going to take place. That's going to cause just a little bit of trouble on that first drive. And I think he gets sacked. I say once on that drive. Yeah, I mean, I say he gets sacked once, maybe get sacked later on in the game in there. Um, as far as offense, though, I mean, I, I don't see – I see Trey Lance with a lot of passing yards, but they're like the – because, you know, you get passing yards for the pitch. I think Debo Samuel is going to be a problem for the Bears. Um, Debo Samuel, I believe, had 174 yards in uh, the Bears' last meeting with him. And 
I think that Trey Lance's mobility adds something to that, right? And, and we haven't seen this Bears team get pressure on – well, they've gotten pressure, but they haven't sacked the quarterback in preseason. I think that that's something that will be a lot harder for you to do if you're going up against a mobile guy like Trey Lance. You know they're going to want to get him out. You know they're going to get this pocket moving. We know that that offensive line isn't nothing to scoff at. Um, and when you have Trey Lance and Debo Samuels both on the move – when you have Trey Lance and Debo Samuel both on the move, that that's hard to keep up with, right? So I think that the Bears are going to struggle a little bit with that combination of guys. I don't think Trey Lance will be able to pass the ball well versus the Chicago Bears. And I think that's something that you do have to take into account there. I don't think that he'll just be dotting up the Bears up and down the field like we saw last season. I like the addition of Kyle Fuller. Uh, Kyle Fuller. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, I like the addition of Kendall Vildor. Uh, good Lord. Kyler Gordon. <laughs> Did y'all see me mess that up like four times? What was that? I like the addition of Kyler Gordon. I think the Bears legitimately have some deep ball help now as well. And I don't think we'll see a lot of deep ball passes. I think this is going to be the game of the running backs. There's going to be a ton of dink and dive. There's going to be a ton of running quarterbacks. There's going to be a ton of QB sneaks, QB rushes. And I think this is going to be game one. I do think the Bears come out of it at the end, but I... I think there's going to be a ton of moving back and forth up and down the field from both teams. Um, let me know how you guys feel, man. Let me know how you guys are feeling about the game. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. As always, remember, we are going to be live Sunday through Wednesday uh, uh, at 7 p.m. So this will be the last day I'm live this week. But Thursday, tomorrow, we will have content out. Friday, we will have content out. Saturday, we might do some content as well. Sunday, of course, we'll be, uh, at the, we'll be reacting to the Bears game live again. So tune in with us on that. Appreciate you guys for tuning in we got any questions in the chat we got any questions in the chat did anybody drop anything i don't know if anybody dropped any questions in the chat bruce blue saying pat did you ever play organized football just asking i did but not to my mother's knowledge so i couldn't play that much of it so what i <laughs> what that means is i played safety uh and i tried out for safety and i made the team but my mom wasn't gonna let me play so I never actually got to play. And then I was like, oh, well, she never comes to the games anyway. And I was in the band. So it's like, she never comes to the games anyway. I'll just sneak and play. And so that was my game plan all until I went to practice one day and dislocated this shoulder. And uh, yeah, that was a, uh, that was a, interesting moment because i had a coach saying hey all right we'll take you to the you know take you to the er get it popped back in i was like i can't i can't go i can't i gotta I, my mom will kill me <laughs> he was like well and like did the like shifty look around he was like i can pop it back in i was like we, we gotta do it we gotta do it so he grabbed my arm did the like you know hold here all that stuff and he was like one and i was like he's like on three he's like one pop that mug back in so yeah i played but i didn't play yeah you know i mean it's kind of one of those um i played baseball though. that was my sport i played baseball uh let's see what we got let's see what we got some other questions in here um, what is your prediction this season and what is your justin fields end of season stat so i have the bears at nine and eight this season i have justin fields um with what? I don't remember what I said I had Justin. What? I got to go back and look at my notes. I think I said I have Justin finishing the season with 3,600 yards. I think I said that. And um, I think I said Mitch Stats, 24 and 12. 
like 3,600 yards, 24 and 12, something like that. I think that's what I said. I got to go back and look. I got I got it written down somewhere in my notes, but I don't have my notes in front of me right now. But I I, I think that's pretty much where I was at on Justin on the season. So I, I think this is going to be a better season for him. I don't think that I see him having this crazy, like dominating, throwing the ball downfield because I don't think the Bears have that level of weapons yet for the Bears to go out and do those plays. And I think that's the most important thing to really take into account here right like if you don't have those weapons if you don't have those weapons don't run those plays that's the one thing that Matt Nagy loved to do you see round hole square peg this is Matt this is Matt Nagy all day why won't it fit let me twist it why won't it fit that's Matt Nagy all day 100% I don't think that this coaching regime will do that. I think this coaching regime will work to the skill level of the players they have. And I think that that's going to make the biggest difference. Um, what else we got? What else we got? Bah, bah, bah. Somebody said, I saw another question in here. Oh, here we go. Uh, from uh, Furious D36. You got me. You got me with the name. You got me with the net. Uh, what's your surprise one of the season? I got the Bears beating the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, there's no logic. There's just heart behind it and understanding that the Cowboys tend to choke a lot of important games. Um, and I think at that point in the season, that'll be a pretty important game for the Cowboys. And I think the Bears go in there and beat them. Um, what do we got here? Vern, your thoughts on the Bears shaking up the food chain at the top with Ted retiring. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, it's needed. It was in due time. I'm glad that the time has finally come. And I think that you go out there and you have to find yourself a real football mind, not another guy to balance the checkbooks, not another guy to balance out uh, uh, how much money the bears are spending. You go out there and you find you a football brain, somebody that understands the NFL inside and out. And that is going to work well with what Ryan Poles has already started here. Cause remember, you don't want to go out and get that football brain. And then all of a sudden, right? He looks at what Ryan Poles is doing. He's like, I don't like the direction you're taking this. And then you lose somebody that might be moving you in the right direction. The Bears have to kind of figure out that that happy medium there. Heck, maybe just promote Poles. I don't know. I don't know if he's that much of a football mind, but you trusted him to build your entire team. Maybe that's the move. They just promote Poles, but I love that we're here, man. Um, Also, what are you most concerned about coming in to the season opening for the Chicago Bears. What am I most concerned about coming into this season for the Chicago Bears? The thing that has me most concerned on this team is the the lack of depth at the linebacker position. I know a lot of people are going to look at me and say, "Why I'm more concerned about wide receiver. I'm more concerned about the offensive line. I think that scheme fixes a lot of the issues that go into a lot of those, right? Like, I think that scheme fixes the inefficiencies that your offensive line may have, right? Like, I think that, like, there's some guys that are just going to beat you. Miles Garrett can beat you. Nick Bosa can beat you. Those Joey Bosa can beat you, right? Like, those guys, there's some guys that are just going to be able to beat you. But the thing that I do take into account is that there's going to be a lot of scheme that you can put in place to help out those offensive linemen, even if you just go max protect, right? We didn't see one max protect versus the Cleveland Browns last year. So even if you just go max protect, I think that you can help your offensive line a lot. But the part that scares me the most is this is a this is not a contact sport. This is a collision sport. And the part that scares me the most around this Bears team is are they going to have enough depth at a position that draws 18 to 20% of the injuries on the defensive end of the ball? If you lose either Roquan or Nick Morrow, you are quickly going to Jack Sanborn. And while I think Jack Sanborn is a nice player for the Bears to have, while I like Jack Sanborn, I don't think that Jack Sanborn is the end-all, be-all answer for the Chicago Bears at linebacker, and that's what you quickly get to. I don't even know if he's really going to be this great depth piece for the Chicago Bears if that's what you get to, right? Like, remember, he did a lot of what he was doing versus the twos and versus the threes. If all of a sudden you see him on the field in a starting position, things could get ugly. I see him as a Nick Kwiatkowski, right? A guy that just has that, like, you love him, you love what his game is, but he has that ceiling. And so for me, I think that that's probably the part where I'm most concerned concerned with the bears being thin at outside of that, right? Like 
nothing else concerns me because I think their scheme that takes it into account with the wide receivers. Yeah, there's some concern there, but the Bears are going to be running the ball a lot and you're going to be throwing a lot of short passes. So I only need a couple of wide receivers and a tight end to be great. Uh, and I think that Mooney and Komet are going to get a lot of targets. You heard me with uh, Clay Harbor on here, former NFL tight end, and he was basically breaking down. Yeah, like there's going to be a lot of touches for guys like Darnell Mooney. There's going to be a lot of touches for guys like uh, uh uh, Cole Komet, um, and they're going to have a lot of opportunity to make plays. Those are going to be the guys you see get the ball the most, I think, on this Bears team. And then maybe when you see Nikhil Harry come back or even uh, Isaiah, what's his name? Isaiah Smith Carson is his name or something like that. I think that that's somewhere where you might even see somebody sneak up in there and feel good about that player by the end of the season. So um, I think linebacker is my biggest concern on this team. Um, I guess offensive line would be a close second, but I think the Bears did improve their offensive line, at least from last season. And when you have an improved offensive line with a mobile quarterback that's actually moving, that makes that offensive line look even better, and that makes you feel better. I think I think that's something that you that you have to take into account as well. Uh, hey, man, appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us as always, man. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. We'll be live, like I said, Sunday through Wednesday at 7 p.m. We will also post content tomorrow on Thursday and have content posted on Friday. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us as always, man. It's your boy, Path the Designer, back at it again to continue watching our Chicago Bears content. Click the links on the screen or check the links in the description below. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. We got Bears football back. Let me get some Bears in the chat. Let me get them Bears in the chat. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.